When I was an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and answered them as best I could. They also called me Padre. Welcome to the Dear Padre podcast. I'm glad you're here today. I hope you needed a word from God because I think we're going to hear one. At least Elijah heard one. A reading from the book of Kings, the first book of Kings, chapter 19. There Elijah went into a cave and spent the night. The Lord's word came to him and said, Where are you, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have been very passionate for the Lord God of heavenly forces because the Israelites have abandoned your covenant. They have torn down your altars. They have murdered your prophets with a sword. I'm the only one left, and now they want to take my life too. The Lord said, Go out and stand at the mountain before the Lord. The Lord is passing by. A very strong wind tore through the mountains and broke apart the stones before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, there was a sound, thin, quiet. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak. He went out and stood at the cave's entrance. A voice came to him and said, Why are you here, Elijah? Elijah said, I've been very passionate for the Lord God of heavenly forces because the Israelites have abandoned your covenant. They have torn down your altars and they have murdered your prophets with a sword. I'm the only one left and now they want to take my life too. The Lord said to him, Go back through the desert to Damascus and anoint Hazael as king of Aram. Also anoint Jehu, Nimshi's son, as king of Israel. And anoint Elisha from Abel Mehaloah, Shaphat's son, to succeed you, succeed you as prophet. Whoever escapes from the sword of Hazael, Jehu will kill. Whoever escapes from the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. But I have preserved those who remain in Israel, totaling 7,000, all those whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths haven't kissed him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is one of the great stories in the Bible that I return to often. Elijah is discouraged. He wants to die. He's feeling alone. He feels like he's the only one left who's keeping the covenant. And he goes into this cave. And in this cave... Uh, he spends the night, and this is where the, words, the word of the Lord comes to him. It is often in the caves of our life that we hear from God, not in the banquet halls, the party rooms, the festivals, the birthday parties. It is not in those times always that we hear from God. 
we often hear from God in the cave. And he is in this cave. The walls of this cave have closed in around him. And it is here that he hears God speak. The whole point of being a prophet is to hear God speak. That's kind of the job, is to be a conduit for the word of the Lord to God's people. And Elijah has done this. He has said things to the kings and queens of his day that have made them want to kill him. He has predicted uh, drought and famine and things that kings do not like to hear about. He has called them to repent and they have tried to destroy him and yet he survived. And yet he feels like he's the only one left. You ever feel like you're the only one left? Like everyone else has moved on, not, doesn't care anymore, uh, is occupied with other things that they think are important, but you have stuck with what God has told you. Um, this is where Elijah is. And God sends him several messenger, messengers. And the messengers that he sends, the first is a tornado, or here in the contemporary English Bible, a very strong wind. It breaks apart the stones of the mountain. It's that strong of a wind. It's pretty scary, tumultuous. The earthquake, I've only been in one earthquake in my life. Uh, And it was one of the scariest things that happened to me in my life. Um, It's surreal, people say, when they're in earthquakes. Things are moving and you can't explain why or how they're moving. Um, and every building you're in becomes very unsafe immediately. And where I was, it was Baltimore, Maryland, so I didn't really expect to have an earthquake there. Um, this was the same earthquake that took the, uh, the steeple or the spires off of the Washington National Cathedral in D.C. over a decade ago. And they're still repairing it from that time. Uh, Scary stuff, earthquakes. And then a fire. What was this? Lightning? Some kind of fire? Some kind of glory of God passing by the cave mouth? Um, And Elijah is standing out by the mouth of the cave, exposed to all this danger. And then the story is told, the way the story is told is the Lord was not in the wind, not in the fire, not in the earthquake. And when all that was over, there was a still small voice. This translation says there was a sound. It was thin and quiet. Uh, Translating this expression in Hebrew is difficult, mainly because it's hard to translate sounds from one language to another and we don't can't really hear the sound and maybe that's kind of good because whatever it was was so different from the earthquake the wind and the fire it was something really quiet again god does not always speak to us in the earthquakes in the fire or in the wind. 
but in the still, small voice. And if you've ever heard that voice, you know that it's God. Cormac McCarthy has a great line from uh, his book, Blood Meridian, which describes a lot of these cataclysmic events in human lives here in Texas. And there's a former priest that is out in this raiding party. He's become an outlaw. He's called the ex-priest, Tobin. And uh, I guess maybe I relate to that character a little bit. But he, he says to this boy who's asking him questions about hearing the voice of God, and the ex-priest says, well, you hear the voice of God everywhere, all over the place. And the boy says, I don't think I've ever heard the voice of God. And the ex, Tobin, the ex-priest says, well, when you stop hearing it, that's when you realize you've been hearing it all along. The voice of God that speaks to Elijah is a still, quiet, whispering voice. God is loud many times, but not this time. Elijah is at the point of despair. He is so low that he can't feel much or anything. And so God uses the voice that he needs to hear. God will always speak to us in the voice that we need to hear. He will not speak to us in a voice that we can't hear. And Elijah repeats the same sad song that he's been singing this whole time. I've done everything right, and now everyone wants me dead. Um, And then the, the Lord gives him very clear instructions to anoint these kings, Aram, king of Aram, Haziel, Jehu, the chariot driver, and Elisha as the next prophet. Um, He basically says, Elijah, your time is done, but I've got a few more things for you to do. He basically says that, Elijah, you were never the center of the plan. You were never the only one I had to do this job. You were always part of this larger picture of what I was doing in the world. And there's more people than just you doing this. Even though you can't see them and you don't know about them, you're not alone in this work that you're doing. And he says there's 7,000 still in Israel who haven't uh, bowed the knee to Baal, that have not compromised their faith in God to serve this false God that Ahab and Jezebel have set up. It's all he says to him. He doesn't really say much more than that. But that's exactly what Elijah needs. He needs something to do, and he needs uh, to be assured that he's not alone. For most of us, that's kind of what we need usually, something to do and to know that we're not alone. And that is what God tells Elijah. I hope you can hear God's voice today not always in the fire, the whirlwind, or the, wind, or the earthquake, but in the quiet, whispering voice of God. Because God is still speaking. Amen.